Welcome to Round the Archives in Conversation. I'm Andrew. Our guest this time is Nick Goodman, who's joined us on the sofa to talk about tape. That's audio tape, videotape, all the films we used to make, and his ongoing mission to preserve them in digital form. So, over to Nick. Good afternoon, Nick. Hello. Welcome to the sofa. I'm I'm corporeal. <laughs> so far, so good. <laughs> I have achieved my true form at last. <laughs> you poor thing, you. Uh, it's been a long time since it we've has. had you on the sofa. I know, it's been uh, six and a half years. I think it's, uh, the um, first rec- my first ever recording of uh, uh, to, for RTA back in September 2016 Gosh. which was also the Tide of Freedom 99 document um, not documentary there was no documentary uh, the um, commentary. commentary we, we recorded right. a DVD commentary with we you, did. didn't we yes but that's sort of what I want to talk to you about not DVD commentaries yeah. but recording oh. because you are a you are a <laughs> you are a recorder aren't you? I am a recorder yes <laughs> <laughs> not that sort that <laughs> But um, yes, and I, will, I, and I will play you like a musical instrument I, oh, tonight. Oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> but what I mean is, uh, not, not everyone says that to me. No, uh, <laughs> you are currently mm. working your way through a vast mountain of. I can't really say personal tapes of oh, ours. Not, no, because it makes it sound ruder than it rude, is. Yes, um, but you're you're archiving all the stuff that everybody you know has. Absolutely has recorded over the years without without so what, what sort of stuff are you are um, you preserving basically um everything that is uh, as you say personal um but irreplaceable stuff that was recorded years ago yeah um either audio or video and i you know because i've got the the technology to transfer it uh, uh, through and i just think now is the time really to, to now do is it. the hour now is the hour <laughs> of our discontent no. um when uh, you know it's, it's all this stuff nobody's got a tape recorder anymore yeah. and it, it, there's some real gems to find yeah. out there so the stuff we've forgotten about stuff we've been looking for for years um and it's time to get it into the digital age yeah. um because I, I've just had it just gives me immense joy and again it gives me immense joy to, to do it for people as well I mean mm. you know um, the most prolific one I suppose would be the Sutton Park all episodes of Sutton Park well Paul has over 3,000 episodes of Sutton mm. Park of which you've managed to recover almost all of them um, yes there is only about three tapes left that we haven't yeah. got uh, that w- w- have not been captured in any form I think it's uh, it's always all towards the end as well mm. it's ni- 1999 uh, there's no, there's one tape singular tape from 99 and there's one or two from 2000 and that is it folks and it's all in a, a little box one hard drive no bigger than that. Yeah. But um, how, how many tapes did that involve? What well, didn't count? You didn't count them, <laughs> but it's um, going to be a, a, a lot, isn't it's it? It's about five hefty drawers worth with several stratas yeah. to them. So, it, yeah, it, it, it's an enormous amount. And they're all kept now at um, Paul's uh, parents' house, yeah. which is big. Um, but it's it's been a joy. But also, you know, one of the things with this is... you what other gems are there to be discovered <laughs> and i've just liberally raided your well we we've i don't know that we've skimmed the surface but we've we've had a good delve and found two carrier bags worth mm. of tapes for you um some of which you surprised me by saying uh mm. i i d- don't have this no i i, I mean as original recordings as uh, rayfish shift the tape scene i did um doc two tape scene um, I mean, there's there's original articles from that, mm. that and there's also um, yours and Lisa's Rayfay Shift 15. Uh, uh, unfinished. Unfinished. Uh, unreleased one. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, I've, as it was unfinished, we never really distributed any copies 
and um, I remember quite fondly some of the stuff we did then. You know, as we worked together very much as a team, um, all of us. And and there's some articles there um, that you know I'd like, and also <clears throat> plug plug. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm in the process of writing a book or assisting in writing a book with Alan Hayes, who did a, a tape scene called. Uh, Sonic Waves, Doctor Who tape scene called Sonic Waves in the 80s um, and he and I are scouring the land for any kind of tape scenes um, however obscure that to go in this sort of ultimate book of everything that that is tape scene that can be foundable um, and we've discovered there was one tape scene called Doctor Who 2000 mm. and we tracked down Neil Hogan I remember him yeah um, and it took us a while but we tracked him down and this just goes to show how people's lives change. And he's, he threw every single last one of them away. Oh. And we've only got seven in captivity after 31. Oh, dear. But we reckon they're out there somewhere, probably mostly in Australia. And, um, we, yeah, I mean, that's... And we discovered only last week our friend Andy, he's, he's, he did one and mm. we didn't know about it. So that's, that's weird. So 15 will be in the huge database, both as a... A product and albeit unreleased but um everything about 15 will be recorded in the book yeah well let's let's take you back to your beginnings <laughs> take me back <laughs> yes and by back, hypnosis back to your beginnings, <laughs> back to your beginnings. <laughs> uh what when when you first saw a when did you first see a tape recorder and first, what, what did it look like i first saw a tape recorder and whose was it ah it was the family's Okay. I first saw a tape recorder in 1970, it probably was, and here it is. This is the instruction book of my little Sony. Can I zoom it in a bit? Zoom it in. Uh, it's a Sony one, very nice job, um, and I've even got somewhere, although I didn't bring it with me, the um, the little Czech chitty <laughs> of it. It was The uh, Eric Chitty. It, it was Eric Chitty. It was before... Um, digital uh, the before decimalization a few 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 weeks before and this microphone that I that we've got here mm -hmm. um, a mic a mic a mic now your good self actually worked with that microphone twenty five oh, years I? ago on my film One More Bow when you played the the cameraman in there oh and I had to do microphone you technique did, you did lots of lovely funny microphone acting that was with this um, good lord so and and so my first. I mean, I, my first memory of the tape recorder, I suppose, it kept being brought out at, mm. at sort of the odd intervals. And um, I was interviewed, um, well, actually, no, even further back. This was my first ever tape. Um, C60. In the 70s, um, I mean, at the moment, it's got my 18th birthday and a few other things. But um, in the 70s, it had Nick's Choice actually is it still yes it's still got that written on there nick's choice or nikki's choice because they was nikki back then and um and jenny's I, choice i never think of you as a nikki no I, I i gave that up years ago um but um so basically this was the one for the kids what stick on the kids what, what they wanted from tv um jenny chose the six wives of henry the eighth and did sound clips of presumably a repeat showing from 1971 or two and even now, when Ali and I are watching The Six Wives of Henry VIII, I st even though the, the recordings are long gone from here, I still recognise the bits. I said to Ali, oh, this is one of Jen's soundbites. <laughs> to her extreme disinterest, I should imagine. And I and my choice was the goodies. All right. Um, now, I can only remember a few clips of the goodies episode, but I tell you, when the DVD came out, I was feverishly looking for the episode. with it. This has got... It's, uh, it's not Kitten Kong, before I say anything, but... There's a like they come back from a football match and they say God save our gracious queen and yeah. our fantastic team or something like that and Graham Garden's talking about postponing a holiday yeah. or sort of putting a holiday back or something like that and I've not found those epi that episode yet so okay. but anyway I digress um, so this was the first tape we actually got um, it was it's got all sorts of bits and bobs but um, there's an episode of Basil Brush which my sister and I are watching no and my mum. And you can hear a th two-year-old me trying to molest the tape recorder. Pardon? Um, well, sort of like and kind of feel it. And you've got my mum saying, hey, don't touch it, Nicky. <laughs> and I'm kind of battle Um But I, the first 
recording that was also on here on the on the red one was um, my sister doing an interview with me, which still exists mm. um, about Christmas '72, where I, I sing away in a manger and crazy horses, <laughs> lovely, <laughs> wonderful double bill that <laughs> I've actually put it on. I've done a video to it and put it uh, with with sort of stills from the time and and put it out on Facebook quite a few times. So it's it's there out in you. It's on YouTube. Um, but um, I'm quite p pleased with that one. But later on, I, I think it was a, a f it was a Sunday night in 1976 where I kind of just I, I fancy a bit of a play with this wonderful mm. machine, and I just did a few sort of poppy songs. I was always doing some and improvised pop songs and things. Uh, but also that year we did a um, a tape for my mum who had gone to Paris and my 15 year old sister was left rather illegally with me um, and uh, we she mum was going to come home by the time we kids were in bed and uh, we, oh, we'll record a message for her and um, and I, I, that still exists <laughs> and I think it's been on Shy Life as well but I, I was because my dad my mum wasn't there my and um I, there was nobody there to look after me at lunchtime because the last year at infant school I went back to uh, went home for lunch and next door neighbor did and there was a little girl called Helen who was our next door neighbor's daughter and um she had this toy basil brush and um and I'd do this wonderful thing where I joke going to Helen's house for lunch and I play with her basil brush after lunch <laughs> all totally innocent of course but um but that still exists two years later we did one when mum was in spain i hor have a horrible feeling that's gone but i'm always i'm trying to persuade my sister to rip her dear house apart and try and find <laughs> it but um but yeah it all really kicked off seriously in the summer about just before christmas 77 because i got home from school and i remembered this this sort of time before and i thought actually I really fancy you go on the tape and I was given a, a, a tape of one of my dad's first nine lessons and carols which ironically the bits of actually got me into that but that's another story but um, I just spent the whole evening sort of in my own TV world yeah. you know creating these things and um, again I, I, I think I was called to supper and that was about it you know I, I was in this totally in the zone and uh, there was this funny bit where I was I was doing again one of my improvised pop songs, and in those days I didn't know what making love meant. I I just sort of said you know um, I thought it was kissing and being a girlfriend or boyfriend, and, yeah. and um, I was I was singing this song about making love, and Mum was Mum had someone at the door from I don't know the children's society or the um, the church or something, and she and they, she could hear this thing about make love in the fields, make love in the and you go. Yes, well, I'll see you in church on Sunday then. <laughs> <laughs> it was sort of a bit embarrassing for her. But I interviewed the whole family. There was a Sunday afternoon where we were waiting for an arena programme about Star Wars. And of course, Star oh, right. Wars yeah, brand yeah, new. Yeah, yeah. And um, and we were waiting. And we were talking, I'm going, supposing if it isn't as if it was the, the, the end of the world. But um, there's a few times when... Um, I was interrupted and I didn't mean to be interrupted. My dad stood at the middle of the stairs and started reciting The North Wind Will Blow. And, and I got very upset about that because he was interrupting my programme. I was in the zone. <laughs> but I think what I'm, I'm, this is this might be nonsense, but I, I think what really got me into it when my best friend moved to Manchester hmm. in, in 1977. And I, I, I suppose I needed some compensation. It was about that time I started The Magnet Editor, my sci-fi show, which went on to life after and blah, 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 blah. Um, so I, I think I was looking for some sort of compensation in, in that and, and t taping. Funnily enough, taping Doctor Who um, came very slow to me. Same here. It didn't occur to yeah, me. Yeah, same here. Um, um, when we get to the point, okay. I'll, I'll say about it. Okay, but yeah, okay. but my it wasn't just you. No. <laughs> no. I, the thing is, um, the first I, when I, I with Tom Baker's first season, I started hmm. getting really interested in watching it, everyone. And then I had a party to go to yeah. in part two of Revenge of the Cybermen. And... Um, I thought, well, well, you know, I think somebody's idea to tape it. And when I, I remember sitting in the kitchen listening to the playback, and not only was the sound, the microphone nowhere near, because it was sort of sat on the table, 
but which was absolutely inadequate. And um, anybody who knows Revenge of the Sidemen, lots of clambering around rocks and escaping and running around and shouting wasn't really didn't cut the mustard on mm. tapes so, and, and uh, i suppose apart from tom i didn't really n- recognize who was who having just seen them the, the the first episode only by then so i kind of the idea of recording it was deemed a failure yeah and it wasn't really until three years later when they repeated the invisible enemy i thought oh, i might not see it again what am i gonna do and like, oh of course i'm not doing it and i taped the last episode and played it and played it and played it and played it and even then it didn't occur to me to tape the show yeah. and i suppose tapes also were i'm now just using a real used one from from six years earlier so it, it even then it didn't really occur to me that you could actually why didn't you use some of your pocket money go out and buy one you know it, it was but uh, did, did you ever get to play with a tape recorder at school ooh, um, because i did and that's where i first encountered one oh, because because it i guess it was an english class mm. or something it must have been about 1980 mm. 1979 1980 and the teacher had I think I think was a cassette recorder it wasn't a reel to reel thing and they just they said write write a, an audio sketch mm-hmm. or something like that so we wrote some silly sketch and it was something about washing some socks and they you put too much starch in them and the the socks went all stiff and the way we showed this I thought well how do you show that on audio? So I got one of those shatterproof rulers, yeah. you know, those oh, yeah. plastic, and twanged it on the desk <laughs> to make the noise of the socks being all stiff. <laughs> and I thought that was quite inventive yeah. at, the, at, the, at the time. But w- personally, we didn't get a cassette recorder until maybe about 1981. <laughs> now, through a very roundabout route, that my dad worked as a dairyman, and... Um, they had this sort of feeding machine for the cows which you had to program uh, by pressing buttons i remember pressing the buttons um and it would record how much food the cows had had each individual cow had had because each cow was had a thing round its neck with a sort of radio thing on it and it was an automatic feeder so they put their heads in the feeder and get some food mm. and it would be recorded on this machine but to transfer it onto paper mm-hmm. my dad basically um said the numbers out loud into a cassette recorder oh, that wow. was supplied by work mm. which of course he got to take home <laughs> so within a few weeks i started taping things off the oh, telly and wow. off the radio yeah. including i remember a couple of episodes of the goodies including bigfoot i think that a, a clip of your mum laughing my mum laughing it at is it on spotlight yeah. isn't yes. it yeah yeah my mum laughing in the background at it so there's the bigfoot episode the holiday episode i remember taping an episode of open all hours and an episode of heidi high and a few bits and bobs off the radio which i don't think i found the tape for yet but including like the Noel Edmonds Sunday morning show because oh, right. he used to do sketches mm. on there. And I didn't, I wasn't bothered about the music. Mm. I just liked the bits in between that were the sketches. So I had a couple of tapes just yeah. of comedy stuff. It's but I didn't tape Doctor Who until The Five Doctors. Wow. Gosh. What an idiot. <laughs> I mean, no one no, knows. I mean, um, the thing is, once, once I did that, I thought, well, yes. But, you know, the next season came and went, and mm. it didn't occur to me to tape it. Um, then I discovered the following year that um, Pirate Planet was going to be yeah. shared. And I thought, oh, yeah, I like Pirate Planet. I'll, I'll, um, I'll tape that. So I taped that using the same tape I was uh, using over and over and over again. I was going to say, it's all very well taping things, yeah. but you soon start to build up a lot of tapes or find you can't afford the tapes. So the thing is, all we, these kind of improvised things I was doing around about Christmas 77, beginning of 78, I mean, I, I can still remember them in my head uh, like they were yesterday, um, but they've all long since gone. Um, but with, yeah, um, Pirate Planet. And the thing is, it didn't occur to me to do um, Android Tatara at the time because I okay. really... <laughs> All but particularly liked it first on first transmission, and then my friend David Sprakes, who was a Who fan, said, "Are you going to take um, Android Tatar?" And I thought, "Oh, I could do, I suppose." <laughs> I suppose and so. I, well, yeah. um, and I went out and bought a C120 and, and taped it and fell in love with it um, when they repeated it. But it wasn't till um, I think Leisure Hive was the first one that I actually because I re- mm. did all the 
repeat ones, but it was leisure hire until I actually um, did a proper. But it was it wasn't until nineteen seventy nine I actually got a tape recorder of my own. Yeah. Um, but it's funny you were saying about the obscure things that you tape off the telly and the radio. Um, early in seventy eight, I've actually I was haunted because I used to get up first thing in the morning, and I would hear my mum listening to what I later discovered was yesterday in Parliament with yeah. the order, order. I thought. I know it sounds crazy, Mother, but I keep hearing this voice on the radio saying, order, order. And it, I felt so stupid just saying it. And I thought, no, that's yesterday in Parliament. And I actually did tape, I've still yeah. got it, the, 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 the little recording of Lord Dolly Pandy's saying, order, order. And I compared it to an 80s one who sounded very cab. You know? <laughs> so you won't, you've got this Welsh voice going, order, order. And then you've got this, order, order. <laughs> But I compared order orders, yeah. you know. But um, also, there was a bit of the professionals. I think I did, and later on, I did things like Grandad and Saffron yeah. Steel. I did the photo story of Saffron Steel, um, and all sorts of things like. There's an episode of Swish of the Curtain. I think I did. Um, but going back to what you were saying about school, yeah. No, I, they, they. I don't think they really trusted me with a no. tape recorder until 1982. We did like like you're saying a, a play. Now I got tend to got, get nabbed for plays because they knew I was poncy at English, and um, they, they we did one of uh, uh, the cheats on the run, which is I thought how about a cross country run where they're all cheating, which is very <laughs> difficult. Well, with hindsight, it wasn't a bre best idea to do, but I mean I had these kind of laddie laddie lads yeah. um, sort of on board with it, so they played all the hard nuts, and I played Bartholomew Bossler, who who kind of <laughs> shops them all to the headmaster. And one of them, you, you know, we, we had outtakes of overacting, you know. Um, right, you creeps, it's a usual route twice. <laughs> Woe betide anyone that cheats. And, and um, we had the lovely line, I think they've, um, there was a thunderstorm in it, uh, which I think was done, someone going, <laughs> and then real high tech, you know. And um, it had the wonderful outtake, uh, you idiots could have been seriously killed. <laughs> Seriously which killed, killed <laughs> which I wrote into my pantomime Sunset <laughs> Warden, which, is, um, but no, I, I love love all that sort of thing, and I did a a little. Um, we we used to record. Um, Mark, my friend Mark Slade and I used to record this sort of scientific thing called the Isolator in the Electric Current, which yeah. we did. We were played two scientists, and we used to just leave the tape recorder running and play, yeah. basically. And um, it, it, it was multi-purpose. It's always followed me. The um, thing is, though, once the tape, rec I mean, that was a lovely job. It's, it, it, you could do buttons and, and, a, and a nice transparent cover and finger buttons, a bit yeah. like the early videos. And, um, but once they got to me, they went to Rumbelow's, <laughs> the cheapskapes. And, and my first one broke down almost as, as it got it. And my second one was a crown which from Rumbelow's, which tittered and tattered and... Well, basically, it was. I just think of, and also, I mean, Logopolis was done on a, um, a radio cassette recorder which creaked. Um, so I can't listen to Logopolis now without thinking. Ah, 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 ah. Um, or a thing is though, one one little thing actually, whilst it's in my head. Um, of course, I went to great lengths, after my sister left home, I went to great lengths to keep everyone mm. quiet whilst yeah. I'm tape recording Doctor Who. And I was quite rude about it, to be honest. I, I did it upstairs. Ah, good call. Uh, because we had a TV upstairs that I could push the cassette recorder right up against the speaker and turn it up a bit and yeah. nobody minded I that yeah. I, that would have been ideal but we didn't get a, a second telly well we, no we didn't get a second telly until no. 1985 um, but um, with with that um, if I had kind of known the future and you know these things were going to be out on video pirate official DVD Blu-ray the lot I would have just I wouldn't have imposed that at all I no. would have just said and it would have been more amusing having these old recordings I mean the visible enemy it was it was let it all hang out I mean <laughs> uh, when they're saying goodbye to Professor Marius my sister's asking who Louise Jameson is engaged to to my mum <laughs> and uh, sort of 10 minutes in when K9's been in full view mum goes there's K9 <laughs> 
<laughs> so like, I'm enthusing about the city. It's almost like coming. a sort of live commentary, yes. isn't it? Yeah, very and much I'm, so. I'm really getting off on seeing the episode again, so I'm being embarrassing. <laughs> um, and, um, and and my dad, when they, my dad coming out of the loo, and when he runs into the TARDIS and takes off without Leela, my dad goes. <laughs> <laughs> but when I first met you, I'd started to delve into Doctor Who tape scenes mm-hmm. with. Sonic Waves and unit tape scene, mm. for example, um, and you, you sort of knew tape scenes yourself by that point. Didn't yes. you? So, so what was your first tape scene? My first tape scene was one that David Howe did, mm-hmm. um, who is author of many a Telos book now, yeah. and he just called it. Uh, I think the advert read "The Oracle Speaks" because I think yeah. he did a tape fanzine called "The Oracle," and it was a tape. I don't talk to him. I, I just. It blew my mind. I hadn't kind of occurred to me. So, to where it. did you see this? That um, was an ad- advert in Celestial, Celestial Toy, Toy Room. Room. Yeah. yeah, and I just was blown away by the idea, and I, I sent for it immediately. So, you had? Did you have to send off a blank tape? Yes. Yeah. So, a blank tape, a blank and tape, postage, and um, very neat presentation, and clips abound from stories I didn't even. I have heard that because there's 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 a. A quiz about voices. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. So there's there's um, yeah. things like the monoids from the art. Yeah, I think the only one I got was the Nymons. Yeah. Because um, you know I, I remember Horns was only four years earlier, um, but I mean it was it was brilliant and funny. I don't know why I didn't spend more pocket money on tape scenes because I think I was I have this my whole family's got this sort of rather conservative view of spending money. Um, and I think that's why I was late to videos, but we'll come to that later. Um, but uh, yeah, so um, unit tape scene was my yeah. next one, which I, I bought. I actually appear in some of the issues. Oh, you well, their, used their to voices send in letters. Yeah, I sent yeah. in letters. I didn't actually bother to record them, but uh, and then I got Sonic Waves, and because they were in, they were going to review the Invisible Enemy, yeah, and that was really the only thing that sort of drew me to it but the production values were my, my first sonic waves was episode four which i think was actually a very good one to start mm. with because that had clips from like the dalek master plan i didn't even know yeah. that clips from the dalek master plan well, existed on possible. audio yes yeah. <laughs> um ironically one of them's from episode two which of course has since turned up on video shucks <laughs> <laughs> no no I mean, it was very weird seeing the pictures for something that was in my head mm. as only an audio mm. thing and I went, oh, that's what it looks like. <laughs> it wasn't how I imagined it. No. it. It never is, of course. No. Um, but our local group had a, a short-lived uh, tape scene, the SFOW Express. Yes, which so, I, I, I've, I mean, I, I've, I think it was going before I joined, but yeah. I don't think I ever contributed to it. I don't think I was ever... I don't in, remember. I think you, you, the, the idea, I think, we just no. sent in stuff. I, yeah. was, I was just waiting to be invited, I think. Well, <laughs> well, Warren and I did our infamous audio play, Genesis of the Rogans. Which has gone into history. <laughs> then, you know, I mean... Peter well, Peter Miles even had a copy of that. I, I slipped know. him a copy once. I know. I, I think he was did. confused. <laughs> I wonder if he kept it. I don't know. Since his estate. But we we doing Genesis of the Wogans as a play. Of course, you suddenly had to come up with with clips, music, mm-hmm. sound effects. So we used the Doctor Who sound effects mm-hmm. album, of course. And I I used a couple of clips of the Kenny Everett radio show ah. that I taped a few years beforehand. Oh, so all this stuff comes in useful. It does, yeah. but I mean, at least you made the effort to put the the all the sound effects in. Yeah. Um, back in '78, I did because I was still I was doing my show, the Magnet Editor, and I. I actually, nobody was around. I think Dad was upstairs asleep as usual. And I actually, I was home alone, basically. Mm. And I did a whole story. I composed a whole story and recorded it. And literally, I, I so it sticks in my memory, that one, a bit longer. That book I've just given you is, is actually a novelization of the sequel to that, which oh, ha- yeah. happened nine years later. So um, I can still remember little bits of that, even though the tape's long gone. Um, and that was great fun. But I, with that one, I did the acting, I did the sound effects, I did the music. I, I played. I, I played, there's a, there's a judge in it which I played like Fife Robertson, the old Scottish <laughs> Scottish version of Jack Hargreaves. You know, sort of. <laughs> I used to think the English was strange. <laughs> but, uh, but no, um, and but at least you actually bothered to you put sound yeah. effects in it. Yeah. yeah. But um, Sonic Waves is like sort of mid. 
80s. SFO Double Express is a year or so later. And then there's things like the master tape as well. Um, that, that, that was the West Kent. Was that the West that's Kent? That's right, yes. West Kent I, local I, group? I, I think I was, my, my sort of mission was to sample these. Yeah, um, yeah. see so what people it, do. Yeah. I, funnily enough, my, my first... I did Sonic Ways 1, 2 and 3 yeah. and then leaving school and all, all that jazz got in the way and I didn't and so I would I sort of left the Sonic Ways scene around yeah. about the time you joined it yeah. um, and, and Keith our friend Keith absolutely I mean I was still at school with him at the time yeah. and I brought it in uh, having listened to the first issue and he was he was just blown away by yeah. it it's, it's, it's very I have to say it's very very much um, where he where he was at, he yeah. really wanted to do a tape scene. Well, we we I remember Warren and I listening to Sonic Waves on our little personal stereo thing on headphones on the school bus going to and from school. Oh wow! So sort of sharing headphones yeah. almost. It, it's very weird. But as you say, you, um, eventually you feel the call to do your own I tape did. scene. I think I'd been wanting to do either a fanzine or I'm just, a tape. I'm just scene. going to lean over and get some. Examples. Ooh, it's going to lean over. I'm going to lean over. Um, there we go. Yes, I, I tried to do a fanzine in the early 80s, around about the time I was getting fanzines. Mm. But also, I then, of course, David Howell came along and changed the, the face of the, fans, the fanzine forever. And I tried one called Ergon, which I, uh, which I didn't get past. Um, I think I brought in my friend Otto Conliffe, who used to come and watch Doctor Who with me. And um, there was a season 20 review and I think it got very silly and it wasn't very seriously done. So um, that by the by and round about 1988 when the local group finished and Warren um, and I were hang, were hang, hang, hang out a lot that year. And um, we kind of, we were getting more videos and, and we wanted to start up a, another group. Yeah. And um, I don't know, the source be Time Laws or something like that. We were going to, and um, there was, I, I, pitched the idea of doing a tape scene and I said how, how about Ray Face Shift because I thought it flowed off the tongue quite nicely yeah. and Warren said nah <laughs> 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 and, and so um, it, it I, and then um, Keith was doing them all the time I was yeah. getting to know Keith much better by then and he did one called Megloss for years um, which I don't think any of the issues have actually been discovered yet. Right. So still, you, to, still to find. If you have a Megloss, write into this address. <laughs> <laughs> but um, with that, um, and then uh, Paul did his one, which has only just been rediscovered, yeah. um, called Who's Listening? I thought, well, actually, everybody's everybody's doing it. Let's do one. Let's I get off you and do it. So um, this is, what, 1989? Summer 89. Yeah. And I, w I think I was... It was made in a hurry because I was afraid I wouldn't do it. I'd get halfway through and I'd give up. So I just, it was just myself and Andrew Candish on the first issue because he lived around the corner and I walked home with him from work. So um, I did most of it and I just wanted to, because I've been in Doctor Who Appreciation Society for nearly 10 years mm. and I really hadn't agreed with a lot of their views and I just wanted a, a voice, a, a minority voice. An one, alternative an voice. An alternative yeah. one. Yeah. And that's why I started my vi um, uh, feature Double Duds, which survived right until your 15. So and, that was uh, sticking up for It was sticking up for Underrated stories. stories. And of all the bits, elements of Rayface Shift, that could have gone on mm. and on and on and on because I constantly think, oh, that's a great story. Why do we cover that in Double Duds? You know, sort of, and um, so that really was... Um, the, you know w w where I was at with that. Let me wave some copies Ooh, yeah. at the. There's there's issue, issue four. Four is that, that that's a cover by Elaine, isn't it? Is, it is. Yes, um, she did a couple of covers. Um, that's a sort of Candyman made up of merchandise. Um, well, there's a young you and me and Paul. Yes, and somebody thought you were Andrew Candish. Always <laughs> <laughs> oh, that Andrew Candish on the right cover there. That's us at Exospace Convention yeah. in. Uh, oh, I should say. It's wacky and tacky. Yes, that was that, our that was our buzz line, wasn't it? I think it? I, I I said it off the off the cuff, and uh, um, Lisa Wardle, who was one of our contributors at the time, actually put it on the cover because she she thought it was quite number a, six. Number six, yeah, that that actually number six has a, a great, number six has a, a very personal significance. significance. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, we better just say about number six. Yeah. Um, you could send 
example issues into Celestial Toy Room and they would review, review them mm. and do a little write-up about them. And basically, it was free advertising, wasn't mm. it? Because you could either pay money for an advert or send them a freebie. Mm. And we, we went down to send them freebie ropes. Oh, yeah. I, I, I did do a couple of adverts in DWB, I seem you to did. recall. Because yeah. um, I, I, I felt you, you, you know... Not needed publicity, but... I did the, need to kick up the arse with but, publicity. But, but certain circles of fandom had never heard of us mm. and perhaps ought to. <laughs> and also, you, you were our man in Dwarves. Yeah, yeah. I'd left by then. Um, all three, we've re- recently relocated all three reviews for the book, yeah. which is which is quite nice. All the they were pretty, they were nice, they, they, they were positive, they, they were quite yeah. good considering yeah. that you know we were unknowns, I guess. In yeah, fandom. using very cheap. Yeah, <laughs> but issue six was the Graham Williams special mm. tribute to Graham Williams, um, and was that the first one that you you got, Lisa? Yes. Yeah. So Lisa sent off for it. Uh, you wrote her name down in your in, in your book. You had, book. You had yes. a book of who who bought uh, what, who bought it amongst them quite famous names now. Yeah, right. um, uh, one of them was Joe Joe Lister. The, oh right, okay, uh, writer. He, yeah. he did one, and a few other names that are written for DW but men. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it, it was. I'm glad I kept that list now. It's, <laughs> and, and when they when they asked for it as yeah. well, so it's it's quite a, quite. But a nice there's thing. a direct link between. Lisa ordering uh, issue six mm. and her and me meeting and yes. being sat here today. Absolutely. So yeah, thank you I for know. that. Well, any time. <laughs> you, you matchmaker. I, <laughs> I mean, that's, that's a whole story in itself. Oh, it is. It? Yeah. Yes. And I think maybe one that should be told very soon because you're coming up to your 30th anniversary. Oh, blimey. Um, uh, there we are. Yeah. <laughs> well, there, there's there's me. Oh, yes. You, and, you and look like Warren. you blacked up <laughs> There's Warren with a cushion stuffed up his jumper. There is a. I have the original photograph of that, which is much better quality. But it was just after Battlefield, so Warren did an impression of the Brigadier with a very old number ten. Number ten. Number thirteen. Oh, yeah, 13. The horror issue. Available in two different versions. Um, there's the long and the short of it, isn't right. there? I tried to persuade Andrew Candish that uh, an A100 isn't readily available. But and fourteen. Um, fourteen. Well, that's the thing. You started with. Uh, issue one, which was sixty, mm. a C sixty. By the re- by, the end you were on a two tape release for fourteen, weren't you? Yes. So you you definitely expanded. Uh, yes, I, I I rather regret my double issue. Really? Uh, yeah, Why? Uh, there wasn't enough material for it. Hmm. Um, Alan's pulled me up up on this recently because apparently in the advert. Um, it's it's advertised as you know a C ninety and a C sixty, yeah. Which I don't remember at all. And it's actually the master tapes actually two C nineties. I've got a look. But there's nothing on the other on the one on the other side. Oh really? Oh god. I can't also, we that. have a technical problem in that um, David Britch, who was our regular um, letter, I was going to say fan letter. <laughs> um, he um, he did one which was put on issue tw- uh, fourteen, and and the digital. Um, copies of it no it hasn't yeah. actually come up because it's I think too much of a mono track but so it exists I've heard it on uh, Ali, Ali's got a, a like a, a mm. personal stereotype thing and so it's actually it has actually it's still there I just can't get Mr Digital to talk to it <laughs> well you did have I guess there was that problem in that the you know the master tape was done in your bedroom mm. as it were so the the ideal situation was for us to record it on your equipment. Absolutely, yeah. That was that was the best quality. Um, you still have the 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 odd sort of editing problem, oh, I yeah. guess, but that's inevitable. You know, doing yeah, that, e- doing e- it editable. that way. <laughs> uh, but sometimes people would record at home and send things in. Yeah. But then you managed to get contributions from America mm. and Australia. That was handy. I, I had an American pen friend at the yeah. time who I would send Ray Face Shift to, and it caught on in, yeah. out there. And the, and they, um, in fact, I think when you and I did the introduction for issue two, and uh, here is Nicholas Thing, and I went Thing, <laughs> and I didn't think about it. You know, I was just messing around, and and everybody in an American convention was going because of that was going Thing <laughs> in the middle of a let. Uh, in the middle of a um, oh blimey uh, to the amusement of the of the guest I, uh, so you get i like to i like to let you know you've infected bits of america <laughs> uh, so um 
Martha's here. And Hello, I'm just Martha. about to be photobombed by Martha. <laughs> and it was, oh, careful, Martha. <laughs> oh, 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 there goes, there goes everything. Oh, I've forgotten these beauty. There's another beauty. Mm. Um, where's he? Where's he gone? Where's he gone? Where's he gone? Where's he gone? I think um, that was it. Was that, that was that was it? That was it. That was it. Yeah, they, they made them very handsome those days. Um, so, and uh, my dad was used to tape a lot of um, religious programs. Well, sort of like music, music ones on the from the radio, which are very nice to listen to now. But you can hear the odd sort of rumble, and and there was one. I I think the tapes. I thought I had it, but I don't seem to have it yeah. anymore. It's one of me and my mum watching Max Boyce Christmas '77, <laughs> and we're both. You can both hear us laughing, um, but. I, we had it in the, the. We were listening to it in the car because we don't have a car anymore. Mm. So um, unfortunately, that's gone the way of all tapes. But um, but no, um, yeah, RPS. That was that was an enormously formulative time, and I think it it, it was quite nice because we 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 made really quite a good team. But, but ra- running in parallel with those mm. ray face shifts are of course our adventures on VHSC. Oh yes. And is the earliest one uh, the Blake 7 spoof? Yes, in actual fact that was recorded straight onto a, a videotape. Yeah. Um, like, I mean... Because I remember filming some of that with this huge, great big camera that sort of on, yeah. on your shoulder. And I do remember we accidentally left the date stamp on in the corner, didn't we? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but we... Uh, but that was a learning process. Absolutely, that one. Yeah. it's a total learning process, and it's a nice little snapshot mm. of um, of kind of us at the time. But um, I mean, it's one of those things where if if you could have your like, you look back and think, why on earth didn't I do that? And one of the, one of which was uh, you do it more when you get as you get older. Um, and I think the first time I picked up a video camera um, was. Well, it was I hired it mm. when my cousin got married. Nobody expected my cousin to get married. I realised there's going to be family there and everything. I've just got to do this, and I really should. I I had the the money. I should I should have actually gone out and bought a video camera, yeah. and I could have saved myself so much hassle. It was another nine years before I bought a video camera. That was 1989, and it was another nine years before I bought one and um, it was ludicrous <laughs> I, I caused myself so much hassle and uh, so much expense from rental but then we still had the rental mentality yeah. in our head because I, I grew up with rented this rented that rented da 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 and um, and yeah so and that that's sort of the same as videos but the video that was the first thing I did on video and fortunately I've still got it and then my again a year, a couple of years later, for my um, the godson's christening, which I've got, I've got my uncle Leslie on, which little bald uncle Leslie. That's the last time I saw him, so I'm really, yeah. really glad. And my parents on holiday, I treasure that too. And um, again, uh, with our own team, that was an experimental mm. thing. Paul got a video camera after that, and he did the beaches sketches, followed by which emerged into Sutton Park. Yeah. Um, I was very keen to write my own stuff. Um, that again, that was another reason I should have bought bought it years before. But it's confidence. Yeah, it's wondering whether people are going to do do it and and going to go for it. Um, and uh, eventually, you know, I co-wrote Prison in the Sun with Paul, which we did thirty years this summer. Mm. <laughs> I mean, Prison in the Sun was a very fast turnaround. It was done in what three days or well, two and a half days, really, wasn't right. it? Because we went to Longleat as well. <laughs> I mean. I always say you don't know what you can't do until you do it. Um, in a, in a the sort of oh blimey that was a big mistake why didn't you? And shooting ninety minutes worth of of drama in in two and a half days really. But you <laughs> shot it in two and a half days. Mm-hmm. How long did it take to edit though? Um, that's a tricky one because I didn't really have a video that could edit properly decently because no. it wasn't enough heads on it. It was bought cheap. So I was always going around to Paul's house who yeah. had a slightly more sophisticated video and we were every little last bit of time. There's so many episodes of Sutton Park yeah. from the, um, 94 where I'm just sat cross-legged on the ground and editing. Yeah. Um, yes, I've seen some of those. And, uh, uh, yeah, Nick is just editing in I'm the corner editing. for the whole of the episode. I seem to be editing my life away. Um, <laughs> And um, yeah, I mean, it wasn't until '96 when we did Run Faster Than the World that I actually thought, really, come on, that's a bloody. But, but run us through how editing worked then. Was, was it literally 
connect the VHSC tape yes. in one player to your video recorder and start and stop. Absolutely. Yeah, there's I mean, nothing electronic about it. No, no. I mean, for, the, for a title scene, you put a title scene together, you, know, you put the, run it through, pause, run it through, pause, and then you go back and you be able to dub it. Mm. I mean, even now, even as I speak, I'm a bit vague about how I did it. And some of the edits didn't actually yeah. carry through on certain videos. So there is a version of To Cry the Woman on, on uh, uh, out in, on, um, YouTube without yeah. any sound or sound effects. I remember music. lugging my Amiga twelve hundred round to your place. I remember you lugging it and <laughs> generating frames mm. to use as end credits. Yes, and the great thing about the Amiga twelve hundred is that you could literally plug it into a, a video recorder. Mm. You didn't need any sort of graphics right. interface in between. So it, it was ideal for doing that. Yeah. But you you were literally there, sort of pressing record. Yeah. And counting till five. That's right. And then going, that's long enough. That's and then pressing yeah. stop, generating another frame, mm. and then starting and stopping again. So that's we, right. it was literally, a, a, it was a very it, laborious it process. It was, yeah. um, but I'm just very grateful for that. That sort of, and we did our own music too. In yeah. some cases, Prison in the Sun. We've we've just unearthed all the original tapes of the music for Good Prison Lord. in the Sun. Or the dingy dingy ding music, which yeah. uh, Lane calls it. Ding 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 ding. You see, even that's still in my head. That's worrying, isn't it? Um, <laughs> so I did a cut, and Paul did a cut, and um, I think with the Traitors of Twilight Reality, the the um, anthology one that we did after that, um, it was done the same way. Yeah. And then I really had to sort of stand on my own two feet after, after from run onwards. I just, yeah. and of course, I got my first camera in '98 and did behind the scenes on the return. Yeah. And um, and I, that, that, I mean, that's the point. Not only have you got the films, you've also got all the, mm. all the making of Absolutely. footage, which yeah. is probably about three times as much in some cases. Looking at the tapes now, I don't think it is. Is it, is it not no. as much as that? Yeah. No, no, it's right. nowhere near as much. But there's a, there's a making of the making of the making of because there's some, oh, of course, Paul, Paul records that time. as well. Yes. Blimey, yes, yes, um, that's true. But there's some there's some marvelous bits with the behind the scenes on that. Um, but no, I mean, so you had Paul doing Sutton Park and the behind the scenes. You had Andy doing the behind the scenes. Andy yeah. Ching, our friend Andy Ching, who did the documentaries for quite a few of them. And even when he didn't do the documentaries, I think up until up to and including more more bow, he actually did the behind all the behind the but scenes. But did Andy exclusively use VHSC? I seem to remember he also experimented with another format. Uh, he didn't use VHSC at all. No. Um, I was going to cross my legs then, but I, I'd probably become a knee <laughs> on a stick. Um, uh, but um, no, he actually favoured... Um, sorry for watching this, Andy. I'm, I'm sort of <laughs> taking your name a bit. But he actually used Video 8, yeah. uh, the 8mm one. He liked it, um, and I think he's on record as saying this, so I'm all right. Um, he liked it because it had a filmic quality. Right. Now, for me, looking at the, the kind of thing that was available then that he was using and looking at the VHS stuff that Paul was using, I beg your VHSC stuff that Paul was using mm. and that we were using, I would say in terms of he, he, our stuff looked better, it yeah. looked smoother. It was only later on, I think, from round about the time we did To Cry the Woman, which was 97, he got a new machine, which was mm. a heck of a lot better. I started experimenting with VHSC, uh, sorry, Video 8 myself in the early noughties. And I did one, and the, the sound quality is better. Yeah. Um, but I kept having to borrow it from Andrew. Ka I don't know why I just didn't use my Panasonic, which was the, the VHSC one. But during one film called The Gift from Eternity, we, I lost the lead. <laughs> and so I wasn't able to edit it straight from the machine and editing was a real killer yeah in fact that's that's what did for the films really I yeah think. I mean that's I think why the return of like something never got finished because I just couldn't face the editing it was soul destroying yeah um I hit a very l large speed bump I there's one called smile again which I did in 2002 and I just about got away with doing it on video mm. Um, because I tried that was the year I got the computer in fact I blackmailed myself into getting a computer because I wrote a scene in Smile Again where somebody uses a computer I was like yeah. right mate you've got to get, <laughs> you've got to get one then. <laughs> uh, so I actually really did force my hand on that one so I I remember bringing you up just as I was mm. walking to Curry's and, and getting all the sort of advice yeah. I could get 
Um, <laughs> oh dear. Uh, you must have been desperate. But the thing is, what what I didn't understand was memory. Yeah. Because uh, I think I got I got. You can what, never have enough. You can yeah. never have enough. And the portable hard drive. God bless the man who invented, or the woman that invented that, because I couldn't do without my portable mm. hard drive now. It's just, I just put everything on it. I use it for everything. But going going through these tapes now, uh, how well have they survived? Do they do they all play, or do they give you problems? They all. It's remarkable what plays after so many years. Yeah. Half of them are so uh, that I've encountered a half stool you know yeah. um but i tell you it's the vhsc ones that have survived the best the That's actual video tapes such you know yeah. the, the vhs tapes not so much yeah because vhs tapes i know we've had i mean we've got rid of a load now but start to grow fungus on them and all sorts of horrible splodges and, and things and, on there and aforementioned fungus actually did for one of my machines because yeah. i was asked by a colleague to um tape uh, so a tape that had been in, out in Spain for years. Uh, say space. <laughs> <laughs> now that would be that would have been preserved all right. That would be a challenge. Um, but um, yeah, the, the, it was it was um, my colleague's parents had it, and it was of my colleague's daughter. Basically, hours of her going round and round and round and round with this on this horse. I thought, okay, I'm you know I'm, I'll take on anything, and the fungus on there was. I mean, you could have found a cure for all sorts of diseases <laughs> on that. It was pure penicillin. Yeah, it was really, and I shouldn't have put it through the machine. I did, and I, I wrecked the machine, and I had to go and get another one. So I'm on about my third machine, I think, mm. for copying. Which is, considering how much copying I've done, that's not too bad. But um, yeah, you have to watch it sometimes. But very, very, there's very few problems. I mean. There was a few some parts I put in there a bit wobbly, but I think they didn't like the machine. No. When I put it on there again, basically, if Paul comes to me with a with uh, with a, a, a video file that's uh, a bit wobbly, file, I'll always go back and do it again. Yeah. Because it's no, and also MKV files, which um, Keith introduced me to. Yeah. They revolutionised the way we did certain parts rather late in the day, but I could actually capture a whole tape with all the episodes on it and just have it in one file was previously... You used to have a bit left over at yes, the end. Yes, there was yeah. this annoying little coda. So you have 25 minutes of something part. Halfway through an episode, it cut in. and So I'm redoing as many of those as I can. Yeah. Um, and it's just... Yeah, so... And it's just amazing because... And also, there are relatives on there that have died and there's... there's it's just... you. I I, I, I'm, I always say to people, you know, have you got the old tape? You know, oh, I've mm. got this old tape. No, Give, give it to me I can give you a digital copy yeah. you know I can make it happen The one of the most touching ones I've had in the last few years is um, my friend Alison whose father died years ago and he was an army officer who mm. dictated things for his secretary on a dictaphone yeah. and the dictaphone is still around and so was the tape but nobody had taken it out of the tape since he died which was like the early 90s and I you know I said well I don't know, I've never done this before, but l let me have a think about it. And and so I actually bought a dictaphone of my own with a connecty bit. Yeah. And and I, I, I brought him, I brought his voice back to life. Well, that's and, great. Yeah. And I think also I have to mention that my grand, the recording of my grandparents from mm. 1971, done on the machine that we had, the Sony. Um, I, that's another recording I treasure because my dad, uh, my d grandmother, sounding extremely Welsh, <laughs> and um, and prompting my grandfather, who said, um, uh, "My sister and I quote this liberally." He goes, "Oh, do you remember this?" And, and did um, and and there's this pregnant, ghastly pause, and my grandfather going, uh, "Not easy to forget." Because <laughs> <laughs> what what was that about? <laughs> Uh, but that's also on YouTube. So, um, but no, I, I'll I, have to put up a link to your channel because ooh, the, yes, please, yeah, yes, yeah, I'll, I'll please put, subscribe. I'll put a, a thing in in the description. Yeah, um, what's it called? Nick's Nick's bits. And Nick's bits. Nick's bits. I think yeah, something like that. <laughs> People will subscribe to I, that. Oh yes, for the wrong reasons. <laughs> yes, I did. I have to say, one of the films that I did was a short a comedy about making films yeah and um there was a there was a person there was a character in there based on a real person that ali used to work with on the rails who was absolutely obsessed with the idea of becoming a porn star 
and but didn't want people men to look at her and and Ali how does that work <laughs> and, and um, you know she, she didn't want to do anything else porn star boom you know it was going to be it and um, and I basically um, Sarah Cheney played her and um, I think when it went up you know sort of there was this film and basically it's being pulled in all directions by the actors you know yeah. some of the, somebody wants to make it about drugs somebody wants to make it about something else and they, and they kind of the themes go <laughs> it's tug of war of themes and um and I think the porn bit caught on with, um, <laughs> and I got some very strange certain um, circles shall oh, we say. Uh, from abroad. Yeah, and um, judging by the language, and I had to take it down in the end. I, I think it's gone back up again, but we haven't we haven't had any trouble so far. But <laughs> people thought it was going to be naughty, yeah, and it is not naughty. It's got a few swear words in it, but it's not naughty. <laughs> um, but that was a film I made in the day. It, it was bloody hard work, mm. and it was baking hot. And um, it meant taping Doctor Who, anyway. But uh, I, we did get it done. But um, Andy Ching has um, done some films as well. Yeah. Um, he directed one of mine, and there's two of his that I was in. In fact, I, it was Child of Anubis oh, yes. and Playing yeah. the Waiting Game, and he d directed my um, uh, To Cry the Woman. Now, I very much hope one day he will do digital copies of we know of, of, of cuts of the, those films. Because they're all, I just like, it's all part of personal history. Well, it, yeah, I was going to say, yeah. that it, it, it's personal history, but it's also social history mm. as well. That you see fashions, mm. you see cars, you see buildings that yeah. aren't necessarily even there now. Yeah. Um, so it, I think it is a very valuable record Absolutely. that you've got. And people that you don't see anymore and mm. friends you don't see anymore. Um, I mean, Lee Freeman did masses of creative stuff on certain parts. Yeah. He did all these marvellous characters. He's nowhere to be seen now. Yeah. He's vanished off the face of the earth. Um, I and uh, it, uh, you know, people, you know, uh, Ali's always. Oh, you haven't got a Sutton Park on them. Go, you know, go think about it. You, you, you've, you've got it is a never, probably never to be repeated snapshot yeah. of the nineties and our gang in the nineties. And, um, and I, I honestly don't think. There are many people that have got access to such a large chunk of their past mm. as, as you have. So I, I feel very privileged. Yeah. The trouble is, um, once you find some, you get greedy and you want yeah. more. But you want to share it with people, and and you never know when, when these things are going to. Oh, yeah. Oh, whoa. Yeah. <laughs> And and it's 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 uh, I'm only too pleased to do copies mm. for people and things like that. I mean, and the two bags full that we've given you now. Yes, sir, no bag, two bags full. Sir. <laughs> two bags full. Um, yes, I mean, I've, I've, I've got no idea what's on some of those audio tapes because mm. I was just handing them over to you, saying unmarked tape, mm. and there's got to be something on there. I, I've no idea what what any of it is. Um, I mean, we discovered a whole new tape scene. Yeah. Uh, um, the we well, when the last drop of Paul stuff. Um, was uh, there was lots of audio messages which we're which we're bringing back to life and there's ones just saying Andy's first tape and it's yeah. Andy Ching and everything and well, I just wrote well, an audio message from Andy because I don't listen to them yeah, all, but yeah. um, and I I did a, I, I copied it up and um, and it just so happens I transferred it the night I transferred it to um, Paul's I bought Paul a, an audio, a, a purely for audio. Um, hard drive yeah. for, for Christmas and uh, it just so happens I tra just transferred it over and I got them talking about tape scenes and lo and behold he, he said oh I, I did a tape scene that only Paul her oh, you did <laughs> and, uh, and he mentioned about um, this Fawkes John Pertwee interview hmm. and I thought oh you mean something like this and, uh, <laughs> and, and we played him a bit and I thought it's a tape scene wait till I tell Alan because <laughs> uh, well, as I say we're tracking down every single tape scene that there ever has been um famous infamous uh, the most obscure stuff is coming up and and we we're we're on a mission really um so it's amazing what you can say mm. so uh, little did i know because he taped the first episode the first part of it on side b rather than side a and of course i'd immediately gone to side a and done it from a to b and um i had to go back and switch them around <laughs> um but that's that's immortalized in the book oh, fantastic. Um, so get people interested in the, in their own past as mm. well as you know um it it's yeah it's, let's let's grab it let's immortalize it and it's all part of history and let's make history just a bit bigger yeah well i'm i'm looking forward to 
seeing what you can oh, extract yeah. from our from our tapes. Well, the thing is, um, the unmarked ones are the most exciting because yeah. you you never know quite what. You've got my old, for example, you've got my old copy of um, Time Monster. It was my yeah. first audio of it, Time Monster. Yeah. Now, memory serves me. Um, we used that tape to record our own version of Time An Monster. An improv. Because I bought... Saucy version. A saucy we? version. A, a, a no-holes-barred um, one where the, the, basically the RPS crew are having a little bit of fun with the actual original script. Because you had... I, have you still got that script? Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah so. And I, I actually won it at a convention. Yeah. Uh, oh, I think I bid, bid for it at a convention. And we all got gathered around the tape recorder and... Just and, did silly voices. Yeah. And I think that's one of the things I was rather hoping was going to pitch yeah. up. Um just for the just for that, it'll probably just be time. <laughs> well, you know, that's got Warren. Yeah, that's got Warren in it. Um, yeah. And it's just a cavalcade of people. It's people that make life interesting, yeah. and and there's just an awful lot of them about still there, and and they can they can be in your living room, yeah. and and you can still enjoy stuff. And this is the time to do it whilst we've still got the 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 means. Yeah. Um, but it's never that magic has never gone away, and then I, I, I got so excited about today, I, I could hardly sleep. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> well, you can have a sleep, oh, nice. you, you can have a nap, in I can have a nap later. But no, it's just nice, it's just lovely to be here. Oh, thank you very much. But well, it, thank you for joining it's my age, it's lovely to be anywhere. <laughs> thank you for joining us, Nick. It's been a pleasure. And uh, we'll watch those tapes, as we say. Ooh. And we'll say goodbye yeah. now. And goodbye. we have to do a freeze frame at the end. Oh, see. yes. It's Dave Maloney ending. Credits, credits, credits. <laughs>